Hello and welcome to the VIP Fitness Podcast. My name is Victoria and my aim is to help you understand the mechanics of fat loss and maintenance and then to help you implement this understanding with your own fat loss and maintenance journey. I'll provide you with information, hints, tips, tricks and hacks that you can pick and choose from to use in your day-to-day life. If you want more information or you'd like to speak to me about coaching, you can find me on Instagram at VIP Fitness Coaching. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you do enjoy what you've heard, I'd appreciate it if you could share, follow, review, rate, all of that good stuff that podcasts ask you to do. Thank you for your time. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the VIP Fitness Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about why diets work and why diets fail. Now depending how long this goes on I may break it down into two parts. So I'm going to start with why diets work and then I'll move on to why diets fail. Starting with why diets work, I'm going to begin with the diets that are on the better end of the spectrum when it comes to ways to lose weight and gradually work down to the ones that are not so great, and finally to the ones that are downright dangerous when it comes to losing weight. Low calorie diets. So there's a couple of ways that you can achieve a low calorie diet. You have things such as fasting. You can do intermittent fasting. You can do the 5-2 diet. They all work in basically the same way in that you restrict your eating window. So some people like to do a 16-hour fast followed by an 8-hour eating window. Some people like their eating window to be a bit longer. Some people like it to be a bit shorter. And all it's doing is it's creating some limitations for you on when you can eat. Now, this can be quite helpful if you're somebody who has a particular time of day when you find yourself going over your calorie targets in the form of mindless snacking. And for a lot of people, this does tend to be of an evening, mainly because people are tired, they've had a long day, you feel a little bit bored, maybe a little bit peckish, and it's very, very easy to just sit and snack during the evening. And a lot of the time, if you're doing something else, such as watching TV, a movie, whatever, you can easily sit there with a bag of chips or a bag of popcorn or a bag of chocolates, whatever, and just be picking at it non-stop. And because you're eating it slowly over the course of an evening and you're distracted, it's very easy to eat a lot of calories without it ever really satiating you because you're eating it slowly over a long period of time. So intermittent fasting can be quite good in that you say to yourself, my eating window is from, for example, midday until 8pm. And then after 8pm, I am not going to eat anything else. And this can be quite a good way for some people to stop themselves going over their calorie target by mindless snacking. It's quite flexible as well in that you can set your own eating window to however you like to live your life. So if you're the kind of person who gets up quite early and you like to have a big breakfast and a brunch, sorry, that was a message coming through, then you can have your eating window set earlier on in the day. For example, you could do, say, 7am in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
And then after you've had that final meal at around two o'clock, three o'clock, that's it. You don't eat again until after you get up the next day. And this works because it stops people going over their calories from eating all day long. They've got a very limited time to eat in and it's quite hard to cram a huge number of calories in a short time period. Now, another way you can fast is that some people like to do the 5-2 diet where they fast or have very, very low calories for five days of the week and then they have higher calories on the other two days or they do a 3-4 or some kind of version where they have low days and high days. And this again works because over the course of a week, they create a calorie deficit, which means they're losing fat. Ultimately, though, the takeaway from fasting, be it intermittent fasting or 5-2, is that over the course of a week, a calorie deficit is created. And if you are in a calorie deficit over one week of about 3,500 calories, then you will be losing roughly a pound of fat per week. Moving on to a slightly different way of creating a lower calorie diet is your clubs, for example, Slimming World and Weight Watchers. Now, what these kind of clubs tend to do is that rather than looking at calories in food, the clubs have a system where they allocate points or sins or some kind of arbitrary way of measuring whether a food is okay to eat or something that you maybe have to restrict. And the more points or the more sins that a food has, the less you can have of it. Now, this again creates a calorie deficit if you follow all of their rules because the foods that do not have points or do not have sins attached to them are generally foods that you wouldn't sit and eat a lot of. So even though we know that plain pasta has calories, you know, it's listed on the side of the pack, you wouldn't sit down and just eat a bowl of plain pasta endlessly. You would reach a point where actually plain pasta is kind of boring and you feel satiated and then you stop eating it. It's not a Moorish food. So they create this system whereby the Moorish foods, the foods that really, really get you going, like your cookies and your donuts and things like that, they add points to them to limit how many you can have. So if you follow the programme, if you eat the foods that they recommend that you eat, generally speaking, you probably will enter a calorie deficit and you will see fat loss. Another thing to add about these slimming groups is a lot of people do, you know, get quite down on these groups and myself included, I'm not a big fan. However, what they do create is a sense of community and a support network. So when you feel supported in your fat loss journey, it's a lot easier to adhere to what you're doing because you know you've got people around you who are in your corner, who are supporting you, who are giving you help and advice. And it is, when you have support, it is a lot easier to stick to something. Another way that people find works for them in terms of diets and plans are low carb diets. Now, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, the Atkins diet was hugely popular. And the idea with that was that you had very, very, very little carbohydrates 
and a lot of protein and fats and the carbohydrate amount was very very limited so you could have hardly anything I think it was as low as 20 grams or something very very low and what this did was it made people's diets very restricted in terms of the foods they could eat and because there wasn't a lot of options to eat people naturally restricted the amount of calories they were taking in because as we've said before there's only so much chicken breast you can eat before you start to get really bored and fed up of eating chicken breast so this created a calorie deficit for a lot of people these days the ketogenic diet has gained a lot of popularity and this also limits the amount of carbohydrates you're supposed to be intaking and therefore because you're having less carbs you are over a week creating a calorie deficit. Now a true ketogenic diet would also have you cutting out a lot of protein sources as well because originally this is a medical diet that was used to treat, I can't remember the condition, but it was a medical diet and I think it was something ridiculous like 98% of your calories coming from fats and only 2% coming from other sources. So the ketogenic diet that you see in the media, like books and DVDs, things like that, isn't actually a true ketogenic diet, but it can create a calorie deficit which can help people to lose weight. On the flip side to low carb diet, you have the low fat diet. And these diets are not as popular now, but the premise is basically any of your high fat foods, you replace them with zero fat foods. And these work quite well as well because the fat macronutrient actually has the highest calorie amount per gram fats will clock in at about nine calories per gram whereas carbohydrates and proteins will clock in at about four calories per gram and it's also very easy these days to find low fat versions of things you can get low fat ice creams low fat yogurts low fat chocolate everything comes in a low fat version and so a lot of people have success with low fat diets because they are reducing the number of calories they're getting from fats. Another one that's quite popular on social media is the if it fits your macros way of dieting, whereby people set themselves a protein target, a carbohydrate target and a fat target, and they pick and choose foods, generally using an app such as NutriCheck or MyFitnessPal, and they pick and choose their foods throughout the day that fit in with their calorie target and their macronutrients and this can be quite good however it does require a lot of knowledge regarding um, amounts of macros within foods it's generally used by a lot of like bodybuilders and strength and endurance athletes who require certain macronutrient splits for their training so for general population it's a lot of work and takes a lot of involvement trying to get this balance and due to it being quite difficult to balance an exact amount of protein carbohydrates and fats a lot of people do tend to tend to eat the same thing day in day out and it's why you hear about the whole bodybuilder diet of 
chicken and rice and broccoli, it's because these foods fit very well into their macronutrient split. And so they eat the same thing day in, day out because it's easy. And they don't have to spend a lot of brain power thinking what are they going to have every single day. I've just double checked on when I was talking about the ketogenic diet. It is for epilepsy. I did. I, I thought it was, but I didn't want to say it was epilepsy and then be telling you the wrong thing. But the ketogenic diet was originally brought about to help people who suffer with epilepsy. The high fat, very low protein carbohydrate helped with seizures. Now, moving on to some of the more controversial diets that you may have heard of. For example, the cabbage soup diet, whereby people are consuming very few calories because all they are eating is cabbage soup, because cabbage as a vegetable is very low in calories, and cabbage soup, I mean, there's only so much of that you could probably eat before you got really bored of it. So it's an extreme calorie deficit and people drop a lot of weight very quickly. But yeah, it's not a great long term option. Similarly, the grapefruit diet. Um, You may have heard of juice fasting where people only drink juice. Again, this is a very restrictive diet. There's only so much juice you can drink before you start to get really bored of it. And the juice diet incidentally is also very bad for your teeth all of that sweet and sugary juice going against your teeth all the time you're going to wear down your enamel so that's not a great one but it is very low in the calories so it can produce results there was also a diet back in the early 2000s i think it was or mid 2000s called the master cleanse which involved drinking copious amounts of maple syrupy lemony water and then following it up with a salt flush, which again produced an incredibly low calorie diet. The calorie deficits were huge and people would drop a lot of weight very quickly. And the salt flush as well usually gave people very bad digestive issues, which cleared out their entire systems. So they lost a lot of food volume from their body, which contributed to a weight loss but not a fat loss. And then just to finish off with, we've got your food specific diets where people will pick a food and stick to just that food. So there was the baby food diet where some people would eat nothing but baby baby food pouches because they're quite low in calorie, what with them being very small portions because they're designed for babies and toddlers, not for grown-ups. And people would just eat these. And again, calories are very low. They've got a very big calorie deficit going on. So the food, um, the weight would drop off. My personal favourite out of all of the daft fad diets was the egg and wine diet from the 1960s, whereby I think women just had eggs and wine for every single meal, which doesn't actually sound like the worst diet in the world. But I don't imagine you're going to be feeling amazing off of that diet. I mean, by the time it got to lunchtime, you'd already had two glasses of wine and three eggs, which, I mean, it sounds okay in principle, but I think after a couple of days of that, you would be feeling absolutely rotten. There's obviously the grapefruit diet, where people would eat copious amounts of grapefruit with every meal. So they were filling their tummies with a lot of volume, but not a lot of calories. 
But again, this one was very bad for your teeth and you would feel full, but you would have created a good calorie deficit. You have your meal replacement diets where you are just drinking shakes instead of eating meals. These are, again, very low calorie, creating a huge calorie deficit. But the volume, I can't imagine you'd feel that satiated on these diets. And then finally, you have things such as the blood type type diet, which has been proven not to be a thing. You cannot eat a specific diet based on your blood type. And finally, the breatharian diet, which was a diet that believed you could sustain yourself with spirituality, good breathing and sunshine. Which, of course, because you're not eating anything, creates a massive calorie deficit. After a few days, you will be dropping weight very quickly, again, because of the calorie deficit. So that's a basic outline of a lot of the diet plans that are out there, that have been out there, and why they've all worked. And you might have heard a similar theme throughout all of that that I was saying in that all of these diets, through one mean or another, created a calorie deficit. And ultimately, the laws of thermodynamics say that to lose body fat, lose weight body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So the food that you're eating has to be less calorifically than the energy you are expending. And that is why every single diet that I have just listed here, that's why every single one of those diets works. However, the downside to that is long-term adherence, which I will cover in the next podcast. But to finish off with the uh, laws of thermodynamics, the calorie deficit will mean you are losing fat. So however you create that calorie deficit, it will work. What you might have heard quite a lot about is things such as metabolic adaptations and starvation mode, whereby people are saying, I keep reducing my calories and I reduce them further and further and further and I'm on less than a thousand calories a day and I'm not losing any weight. I'm in starvation mode. Starvation mode is not an actual thing. A bit of tough love here. If starvation mode was actually a thing, we wouldn't have worldwide famines and people dying of starvation around the world. So tough love, starvation mode is not a thing. Now, what people mean when they do mention starvation mode is probably more likely what they think of as metabolic adaptations. And metabolic adaptation is a thing, but it's not to the extent that you might think. So what tends to happen when you're in a calorie deficit and you're in that deficit for a period of time, your body will naturally react to that because evolution-wise, we're not far past caveman times. We've developed our emotional intelligence, our brain's power, we've invented all of these things, but physiologically, our bodies still panic when we're in a calorie deficit because we might not survive the winter. If you've not got enough adipose tissue, enough stored energy in forms of fat on your body, you could starve to death in a long cold winter 
our bodies haven't clocked onto the fact yet that we have central heating, that we have supermarkets, that we have food available 24-7 in our environment. Our bodies still think we live in a fight-or-flight response kind of time where one bad winter and we're going to peg it. And I mean, the way this government is going, maybe they're right. But also, when you expend a lot of calories, when you're in a calorie deficit, your body wants to replenish them. Again, we're living, our bodies are living in caveman times. If you've just been chased by a saber-toothed tiger, your body wants to get that energy back again, just in case that tiger comes back. What your body will do in response to this is that it will stop you moving and stop you expending as much energy in the form of NEAT, which is non-exercise activity. So little things such as the number of steps you do, you'll feel less inclined to go out for a walk, you'll want to park closer to the supermarket, you're not going to want to get off the sofa as much. When you get to a shopping centre, you're going to take the escalator or the lift, you're not going to walk up the stairs. Your body will be encouraging you to take things easy, to try and preserve energy. So as you bring your calories down, your body reacts by bringing your activity down. And this can look like what people think of as starvation mode. And it's merely your body adapting to try to conserve that energy because your body doesn't want you to lose the fat. It doesn't want you to lose this precious energy that it's been storing up for you. So it's going to stop you trying to use it. And this can even go as far as slowing down your blink rate which seems like such a tiny thing, but all of these little adaptations add up so that if you're not maintaining your activity levels whilst you are dieting, your fat loss will start to reduce and potentially even stall so that you're not losing any more fat. I'm going to end it there because I've gone over 20 minutes now, but in the next episode, I'll talk about why all of these diets that I've mentioned, why nearly all of them nearly always fail and I'll break them down again like I've done in this episode and explain why they fail but much like all of these diets work for the same reason too long didn't read calorie deficit they all tend to fail for the same reason as well so thank you very much for listening thank you very much for your time and attention today I hope that some of what I've said today has been helpful If you want any more information on anything I've covered or if you'd like to speak to me about nutrition and fitness coaching, you can find me on Instagram at VIP Fitness Coaching. Please feel free to drop me a message. I'd be happy to respond to anything you want to talk about and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.